Disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as facts. Nothing that is said about any person, organization, gaming company, or sport topic in general should be taken as facts, as well as any talk about any political, religious, or medical topics. As for medical topics at all times, you should speak to a licensed medical professional before any opinion is considered. Everything that is said on this podcast is opinion-based only. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome to the Dr. VTech Show. This podcast is a long-form conversation hosted by Dr. VTAC with the top guests in the world of esports. All from owners, pros, semi-pros, former pros, and content creators of many games. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Dr. V Tech Show. Today we have a special guest. And oh boy, let me tell you, he is tough. When I say tough, he is tough. How tough? Well, tell you what, Superman wears his pajamas. I'm going to tell you, that's how tough he is. Um, <laughs> this guy is tough. Guys, let me tell you something. This is the first time me bringing in somebody from this uh industry on esports is not a first person shooter we're talking about an e nascar driver this guy is a pro he is part of oxygen the organization oxygen and all i've been seeing and reading about him is all good phenomenal this guy is a top racer and uh i am very interested into listening to his story uh, to learn more about them and to get all the information I can because I never knew this was out there. And I just come to find out that there is a such thing as E NASCAR. So I would like to introduce to you guys to Femi Ola Tusambon. Uh, so, Femi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited. This is my f- first time. I think I'll do a podcast, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, okay, yeah, just this is it's all cool. Just relax. Just think like you're talking to an old friend that you haven't talked in years, and that's how basically it is. Yeah, right. Just barbershop conversation. Your barbershop conversation. It's like the like a Joe Rogan type of style uh, podcast. Just relax and talk about a little bit of everything and. Uh, childhood and everything, you know, all what comes up, you know, that's basically it. So, so Femi, tell, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. How, how is it you got into, to esports? How it is all started? I mean, you started, you know, playing Nintendo or how did it happen for you? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so Femi Lutzen Boston from, uh, Rivera, Massachusetts. And, um, you know, I think my very first, gaming console was the, the PS1 for sure. So I was born in 1999 and I don't remember, I don't know exactly when it released, but you know, take using that fact, you can tell that I've been gaming for a very, very long time. And uh, I think every, just racing, gaming, all that has been part of my life forever. And um, I just always been a very competitive person, whether it's on a game or in a game in real life, or even in the schoolyard, man. I, if you ain't first, you're last. So, you know, I was always, I always had that competitive edge to me. And, um, you know, I, that translated to, to gaming. And 
I was, I'm always trying to be the best I can be in any game, especially uh, when I was younger playing Call of Duty. You know, we'd go into the lobbies, six men, trying to pub stomp. If you had a blueberry on our team, you tried to make sure he wasn't going to cost us the game and all that. But, um, but yeah, so it's just been a, it's been a long journey from, let's say, two years old to 24. Wow. So, and, and when you started that, how is it you got into to NASCAR? So I think my, my mom tells everybody, like, I've been watching NASCAR since I was like one. And she, she literally says one herself. And she's like, um, I'd be telling her and my dad all the NASCAR drivers' names, and they just have no idea who I'm talking about. Like, for example, I'd just be like, oh, there's Michael Waltrip, there's Michael Waltrip, or Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, you know, all those old timers, mm-hmm. which is crazy to say now because, like, they, they literally my childhood, and I'm calling them old. But, um, yeah, she would just mention that I'm just always talking about the drivers. So... I don't even know how I landed on it, considering, you know, the age I was. I just probably saw cars going around on the TV as a kid and, you know, it just attracted me to it. And I've been a NASCAR fan and a racing fan from literally day one. That's that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Um, because usually NASCAR is popular in certain areas in the United States. It's not like... Like it is popular all over, but it's not like one of like biggest high in demand. Yeah, and usually when the youth gets into it, it's because their dad is into it or their uncle. You know, they had to see it somehow. So you basically got into it on your own. Yeah, and it's even crazier because, like you said, like it's it's not. I'm from the Northeast, right? So racing isn't too too popular compared to like other areas of the country like especially the south right like we've got nothing on the south when it comes to to nascar but um i i I got lucky i guess because i love it and it made me love racing as well so wow so how long how many years you've been you know been racing um well are we talking like in general, you started, okay. you started, you know, I started when I was 15 or 16. That's how I got it. And then I went up to get into the pro league. And I, so I literally think since the PS1 days, I, I've been on racing games because there's a game called Ford Racing way, 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 way back. And it was just um, a bunch of cars by Ford um, just literally racing against AI. And there's another game. It's probably my favorite game ever called Sledstorm. And it was um, like racing down a mountain against like six other people, but you all have sleds. And it was, it was a sick. So um, I think I've literally been racing forever. But wow. iRacing specifically, I got on iRacing uh, in 2014. Okay. So what are the process to get into that? How, how was it you landed in there? I mean, Oxygen is a really big organization. Yeah. So how was it you got there before Oxygen? Were you like in like in a semi-pro league or? So I'd say my introduction to online racing specifically was done on the Xbox 360 on a game called NASCAR 9. And that like we just had um, a bunch of it was like pug lobbies. You just 
quick play, look up a certain lobby or whatever, like a match where you're looking for, you just go in. Mm-hmm. And I eventually started meeting people through there. Met a lot of like friends that I have, like online friends that I have now, way mm-hmm. back then. And this is like 2009, 2010. And so we just started racing together and then we created a league, which the league is basically just a bunch of people getting together on certain days of the week to like race for points, basically. Uh, you know, you have like a schedule. Typically, you would follow the NASCAR schedule, but you have your own schedule and you just race for a championship with uh, a set amount of guys. And that lasted for like four years, three or four years. There's a time where EA decided to take the servers down for that game, NASCAR 9. And then that pushed us to another game on the Xbox called NASCAR Inside Line. But that game was, it was good, but it had its flaws. So I started exploring other options and I landed on NASCAR race in 2003, which was on the PC. And at this time I was like transitioning to being more of a PC gamer anyway than a console gamer. Correct. So, so I was just looking at, um, you know, what, how can I still race a NASCAR game? And so that's, that's where the NR 2003 came in and 2003 is not a mistake. So we're in 2011, 12, and we're playing a game from 2003, and that's because the community of that game is so huge. Modding has kept that game alive even to this day. So there was a Christmas that I asked for a wheel and pedal set that was separate from like uh, this Xbox one that I had. That it was it was cool for the Xbox, but like on the PC, it didn't have force feedback or anything like that. Like so, you'd just be driving like a dead wheel. Mm-hmm. On the PC. So then I got a Logitech Driving Force GT for Christmas, used it for on that NR2003 game for a little bit, and then caught wind of iRacing. Now, iRacing is special because the developers of NASCAR Racing 2003 left the company um, after like a couple of years because so the game, I guess the company just died or whatnot, but they found on their own called iRacing in 2008. And then, you know, they just built up slowly but surely. And then iRacing at that time, probably still today, was the most popular sim because it has like a range of different vehicles, different tracks all around the world. Like literally so many people around the world play iRacing. But Mm -hmm. the biggest appeal for someone like me who loves NASCAR is iRacing is the best NASCAR racing you can get on a sim today, hands down. So I you know, asked for a subscription for my birthday, got that, had the computer ready, and just started racing. Jeez. So a 2003 game. That's quite a bit of years. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still the number one? No. Um, it's not number one. It's, it's number two for NASCAR. Let's put it that way. And that's mm. literally just because people mod it to this day. But like I said, those developers that made those made that game mm-hmm. a lot of them ended up the company was called papyrus that company shut down and those guys ended up becoming like the founders of iris and... oh really that's crazy yeah. wow yeah that yeah. is so, wild like, so for pc gaming sim racing i guess sim racing has been around for a long time i think even since before i was born to be honest 
Uh, there's a guy in our, who used to be in our series, Kevin King. He's always saying, oh yeah, I was racing since before you were born. We're like, yeah, Kevin, (laughs) for sure, man. Um, but yeah, it's been around for a long time, but it's just very recently it's been like gaining huge popularity as it's been rising alongside the rise of esports in general. Yeah, I could tell. I mean, there's when I was looking up a little bit on it. There's like tons of teams. Yeah, I'm like, wait one second, how many teams are there? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm just gonna go in look into the teams that I know already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like there's a lot, and uh, it's amazing. It's it's really nice now. Is it, you guys play PC versus console or or just PC only now? No, iRacing is strictly um, PC. So all iRacing of us, is... yeah. Okay. So all of us have. I mean, you can use a controller on, um, on iRacing. It oh, you can. You can. Yeah, you can use a keyboard. You can drive with a mouse. We've, we've, uh, so we've done some like late night, uh, official, which official racing is just like a again pickup gaming on mm-hmm. on the hour. Every other hour depends on the series, but we've done some races on on the mouse before, so you can literally oh. use any input. But the most enjoyable experience will one hundred percent come from a wheel and pedal set. Is it is it as accurate? I mean, versus on on a controller because I'm so used to racing on a controller. I I, I mean, using There's... a steering wheel. There's one guy who's really, really, really good on a controller, but I don't, he's not like near, you can't, you probably won't make it to the top level on a controller, but you can definitely be, it's like anything. You can be very, very good if you practice a lot. If you practice like thousands of hours and years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like me. I, I play a lot of um, like Rainbow Six Siege and everybody uses mouse and keyboard. The pros use the yeah. mouse and keyboards. My friends that I, there are pros, they use mouse and keyboard. I'm the only one that uses a controller. On and Siege? On Siege. And That's, to me, that sounds like using a controller on CSGO. I'm an I'm a FPS player. Oh, yeah. Primarily too, they're so. like, they, they struggle. Oh, my God. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I hold my ground. I do pretty good. I'm a plat level player. I've always been, even when I was on console, uh, just plat player. Um, and that's, that's where I am at. But I don't, I can't hang out with the, anything higher than that because they'll demolish me i mean there's ways i had there's one guy i had on the show not too long ago is um uh royal penguin he's a really good friend of jinxie i don't know if you heard of him so he uh royal penguin he he's out of this world he plays controller on pc and he's top rank a champ player on on pc how he does it, I don't know. I mean, he's he's really talented. He has a reflection, you know, all yeah. this stuff. And the thing is that we were talking about that mouse and keyboard on it's it's so hard because for us, we we were born and bred with a controller. That's mm-hmm. all. And then to make a transition is so freaking hard. Now I could relate what to your what you got what you're saying because I also do flight simulator. Mm-hmm. And flight simulator flying, you gotta use a yoke. You gotta use a joystick, yeah. Joystick and all this stuff. 
using a mouse or a controller, it is like horrible. So I understand everybody on the other side is saying the same thing. Oh, you're using the controller. Oh my goodness, it's horrible. Yeah, it's 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 hard. The controller, the controller versus mouse and key debate is always funny to me because I would call myself for sure like a top one, top point five percent um mouse and keyboard player in general in FPS games, right? Mm-hmm. And uh ever since Warzone came out, like like I said, I've been like I probably am like a top mouse and keyboard player. But in a couple of weeks here, um I'm gonna try going to controller, man. Mm-hmm. Uh stuff is gonna be sending out a controller. I've I've had enough of the aim assist, man. I can't I can't do it anymore. I'm gonna abandon my mouse and keyboard brothers on, on Warzone specifically. Like if I play CS, I'll mm-hmm. still use my um mouse and keyboard. But it's funny because I was really good on COD back in the day. COD, mm. Gears of War, Halo especially. Halo, um, yeah. all those games on controller. And then I hadn't picked up a controller for like close to a decade. And I tried to pick it up to go back to the FPS games. I was like, nah, man, my brain is in mouse and keyboard mode. My movement was horrible. My aiming was horrible. But yeah. then like it came after like a week, it came back. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick to the mouse and keyboard. But recently I was just like, nah, man, the aim assist is too strong. And COD specifically. I mean, I know it's a... Like Fortnite and Apex, um, a lot of people are switching to controller. But I, mm-hmm. me personally, I just, I just had enough. I just need to try it for myself. I need to be the type of guy who's just why whining, jumping and sliding all over the place, lock on to the targets left and right, and uh, I just got to experience it for myself, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. You're you're gonna have fun. I I say start with uh, with Halo. <laughs> it's a little bit it's a little bit slower than than Call of Duty. Call of Duty is just like you just you're in. Halo, Halo was Halo was my game back in the day, man. Halo 3. Love that game. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm friends with a lot of uh I'm friends with Renegade. He's with Team Phase. He's one of the top uh five in the world. Sheesh. He just won a, a major uh a big one last year, so yeah, and um, I know him. I know Persecute. He was also on the show. Um, he's also one of the top players. He's a semi-pro. He's trying to get pro. He's already already meant <laughs> to go pro, so we're mm-hmm. just waiting for that moment to for him to uh, get a call uh, to to get picked up. So, so yeah. So you so you were into first-person shooters, and you still are till today. Yeah. You ever play Battlefield? I I played Battlefield a little bit here and there, but not not like uh as a main game. Not the new one. The new one kind of like sucked. I've, I've I heard mean, that from a lot of Battlefield fans. Yeah, I was top thirty on the Battlefield Four on console, and I was like really really good. And um, I loved that one. Battlefield Three and Battlefield Four. Those are the games. They were the just. It Battlefield amazing. Three. I I played a, a good amount of that on uh, Xbox. Yeah, on Xbox. That's what yeah. I played as well on Xbox. Crazy man. It's it's uh it's the changes what they do, and then you know it could hurt or it could do good. But the change they made with the new Battlefield, it was so just like horrible. And I just I played it like a couple fifteen minutes of it. I was like, this is not for me no more. That's the this one is- where like they just had a bunch of issues on release, right? Until like yeah. six months after. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Battlefield 2042. And then the characters seemed like senior citizens. You know, I was like, what the heck? Man, is that's, this? that's what devs do today, man. They don't, they just don't release a full product on release date, man. Yeah. And they don't, re- I mean, if you're going to release it, release it right. If you're going to, yeah. how are you going to put senior citizen to be at war? It's just, it, it just didn't look right. They look old, people, white hair, all <laughs> old. You know, I was like, what the heck? You know, make it realistic. And not even that, they, they couldn't even do it. They couldn't just make it realistic like that. So it was just like, oh, I just like, but you know, the good thing was that I didn't pay for the game. The game came with a PC that I bought. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was going to have, so yeah, so you weren't, <laughs> you didn't have to go oh, complain and be like, damn, I pre-ordered this game. I did this and that. I've been waiting so long for Battlefield and oh. it's just not good on release. I would have been so mad. I would have been so mad. I would have spent sixty dollars, sixty nine, whatever it is, for that game. I, I would have been. Oh, I would have been so disappointed. So, now when it comes to your game, your gaming rig, the are you using the the wheels or is that the um, the steering wheel is that like custom made? Is that a different type? Because you know there are some brands you get at Walmart, mm-hmm. and I I'm saying to myself, I know the pros may not be using these; they use something else. So I would say Logitech is probably the biggest name mm-hmm. for. Well, I don't know if on the inside, but for outside, <laughs> for people in general, Logitech is 100 percent the biggest name, and I started like i said that logitech driving force gt that i talked about earlier mm-hmm. that was a logitech wheel that i used for many years and i used it up until um my first attempt to start climbing the pro ladder i guess you can because you can definitely get that wheel at walmart um a lot of retailers that wheel that logitech driving force gt the logitech g27 most out of the 40 drivers in the the coke series field i would put a good amount of money that 98 percent of the people in the series started on a logitech wheel and became good on a logitech wheel and there's a good handful of people that or a handful of people that still use a logitech G29, I guess, is like the refreshed version of the G27 today. So it's, uh, that, that is, that is what you would call your Walmart brand in the sim racing world, but it's not calling, calling a Walmart brand isn't a knock on the product at all. Cause it's mm-hmm. still, it's, it's an amazing product. Um, the G29. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because well, I'm saying Walmart is the ones that you can only find at Walmart, and there's some that you could just find when you have to purchase stuff on on online only, because mm-hmm. um, they're custom. But like for an example, uh, there's a keyboard that a lot of pros use that you can't find in the stores. Doesn't matter. You you go in some stores, you will, you can't find it at Walmart. You can't find it at uh, Best Buy. Uh, they're just a custom built for pros and it's mm-hmm. called one of them is called ducky this keyboard are so they're expensive they're like 200 300 bucks are expensive but they're designed for like professional use yeah and um 
you just can't find those anywhere. So that's why I was kind of thinking, okay, the steering wheels are set up because usually when people try to build a, 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 a simulator rig in their own home, it's expensive getting mm-hmm. the pedals. You got your, I see there, you got the, the professional, what is it? The bucket seat or? Um, yeah, I have a, I have a whole rig. I just got yeah. this for, for this upcoming, for this season. Uh, I built like the whole thing in January, but to your point, a couple years ago, uh, there's this technology. It's a called direct drive motor. It's a, it's a literally a server motor. Mm-hmm. And you attach, or you can like use software to you know make it work in Sims and stuff. A couple years ago, that was extremely expensive. I mean, it's still expensive today, but a couple years ago, it was mainly for like professional use, and not I don't mean professional as in like a professional esports setting. I mean like as a tool for real life drivers to to get on a sim and to practice for their real life car uh that has become that technology direct drive um technology has become way more accessible in the past like four or five years to everybody um and so like there's a the brand i use now is called simucube and i'd say that is like a staple in the sim racing industry simucube is like top of the line best of the best and within their simucube lineup they have three wheelbases you can get they have the semi-cube uh sport the pro and the ultimate Mm -hmm. the the pro or the sport is the the cheapest um direct drive motor and that comes in at like twelve hundred dollars us something like that and then the the sport is fourteen hundred and now the ultimate you would say okay if you know if it might be another two hundred dollar increase. No, 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 no. The ultimate is three grand. But like I said earlier, that is for like professional, mainly for professional use for like racing teams and uh, racing drivers to set up uh, a simulator to, you know, test. When you can't test on track, what do you do? You come to the sim and you test on a sim. Right. Um, but in the sim racing market, yeah. Stuff definitely gets expensive. And it's not like I have a rig now, which means like I have like a whole bucket seat, um, pedals, wheelbase, monitors, all that. But when I first start, when I first made it to the Coke series, which is uh, the top level for iRacing in NASCAR, I was racing at a desk with the Logitech um, G27 and those pedals that comes in at $300 right so everything i've upgraded to hasn't necessarily been for performance but mostly for more enjoyment out of sim racing in general wow now i have a question where do you guys compete at you guys uh you guys go into stadium or you guys uh is basically online or how does the tournaments go Literally every every other Tuesday we race right from our homes. Um, okay. The something that they introduced a couple years ago was for the final race of the season, the final four in the championship will go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, and they'll compete in a land setting. Um, 
Uh, oh. Like a, a a month beforehand, they'll ask you like, "Oh, what are you using at home? What's your what's your wheel and pedal setup? Um, what monitors are you using? What size refresh rate? All that because they try to match it as close to what you're used to using as possible." See, that's that was gonna be my question because I'm like, okay, you can't bring your setup wherever yeah. you know on these tournaments how this how that's gonna go now does your org provide that for you or is that the the, the company the, that's managing the tournament the are you talking about the land event specifically yeah uh iRacing will take it into their own hands to source the the products that you're using and that's how many players 55 F- uh four for ju- this is just for the final four for the final four? Yeah, only the only the four people <clears throat> that are competing for the championship in the last race of the season will mm-hmm. go down to Charlotte for for that race. Okay, wow. I, I actually I don't think it it'd be almost impossible for us to do like LAN events every every race. It would definitely be impossible. One, it would cost a lot of money. Yeah. And then say. it wouldn't be like realistic for people to have to travel every other week to, I guess, let's use Charlotte for an example. Um, it won't be sustainable for people to have to travel to Charlotte uh, every other week, you know, because of commitments outside of um, eNASCAR. But that championship race, like last year, for example, there's a guy, Garrett Lowe. He had a college final or midterm coming up and he emailed his professor iRacing emailed his professor for him they're like hey man can uh can garrett get like a a different midterm date so it he's raced for 100k man so you know uh you gotta you gotta change up your plan sometimes to accommodate that that's crazy now when you guys are playing online um are you playing Within a bunch of, I'm sure there's a bunch of teams, because I saw a lot of teams, and, and it's what, two players per team, right? Yeah, 40 drivers total, 40 20 drivers teams, total. two drivers per team. Okay, until you go until the final and go to the Coca-Cola, and there's only going to be four of you guys. In that land setting, yeah. In that land but, setting. But, I, but in that final race, everybody's still racing. It's just four people out of the 40 are going for, are racing for a championship. That's where so I want to get finisher, to. Yeah, okay. So the highest finish out of those four uh, is champion. Okay, that's crazy. So they're playing online. Because I was going to say, you guys are going to be racing against AIs. You guys yeah. are racing against the other groups. Only just the top four are going to be okay on land. That's, yeah. that's got to be wild. Yeah, I think it's it's common courtesy uh, in that final race to give extra room to the guys in the final four. Like, you don't necessarily have to just not race them, like pull over for them and just let them drive on by. But you do make sure, like, you do everything in your power to not wreck them, essentially, not to not get in their way um, because they're racing for something much bigger than you are at that point. Yeah. So it's just, it's just common courtesy, you know, respect to those guys. Yeah, it's like the what we called in Halo the gentleman's agreement. Yeah. Make it an agreement that, hey, okay, we're going to let you guys do what you got to do. We'll stay out of your way. We'll just be behind having fun. 
<laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, last year, for example, um, my I'd have to get into this into like more detail somehow. But like, my mm-hmm. back end teammate was racing, was part of the final four, and he was racing for a championship, and he qualified second. And I think the other three guys were in the back. So I don't know how uh, they got raced uh, as they were, you know, trying to get their way closer to uh, the guy who was leading the championship at the time. But when I got caught by them, I was like, I'm not going to let just let you go on by me. Right. But I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you I, I won't I won't drive directly on your door in the corner. Um. And if I'm behind you and I'm coming to pass you, I'm just not going to sit behind you. Like, I'll just try to pass you, but not put you in too dangerous of a spot, right? So it's kind of a balance with um, how you agree to race those guys in that specific race. Wow, that's crazy. That's that's pretty neat. I, I got to I gotta check this out. I got to actually see it. I see on YouTube there's uh, there's some videos there. Um, that, that I'm really interested in to to watch. Now, you guys, how many laps you do? You guys go paired to what the pros in real life do? Nah, we we so the series used to be half distance of what the pros do. Um, for esport viewer reasons, we don't we do probably like forty percent of a real life distance now. I don't really know the correct number off head but i'd say typically our races the the total distance varies between the track type but the average race length would probably be like an hour to an hour and a half that's just for the entire show uh for spectators and stuff yeah just one hour to two hours just racing yeah just riding and to be honest, most of us would like it to be longer, but really, yeah, <laughs> it's like dang it, I could have won. I could have just man. No, it it because the with less laps, it, it the, your sense of urgency, especially with the type of racing that we're doing, uh, increases. So you need to be on it and a lot more aggressive, and probably race how you don't really want to race, but you have to do that because time is running out immediately. Um, so man. you know, it's. I, I personally would like it to, to the races to be longer, but I can't lie. With an earlier start time of 8 p.m. this year and being done by like 9.30, it is quite nice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm, I'm starting to get old. My age is showing, man. I'm like, <laughs> 9.30 done. Yes, I have the rest of the night. I can go to bed early. Now, how, how, much, uh, how many hours do you, you practice out of a week? So we have two weeks in between races, most of the races. I'd say if you were to track like a total amount of track time in those two weeks of preparation, maybe six, at least six hours, six plus hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, but that's over two weeks. So it's not like it's, it's easy to get burnt out, but it's, at the same time, it's not. Uh, difficult to find a schedule that works for for you and the rest of the people that you're working with. Okay, okay, that's cool. Now, there's a question I forgot to ask you, and uh, now that we're in this topic, who was 
when you were growing up, who was your favorite NASCAR driver? Jimmy Johnson. Hands Jimmy down. Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Mr. Seven Time himself. Okay, okay. Jimmy Johnson. And that's that's not like uh, on some bandwagon type of stuff. Jimmy's been my yeah. guy since like 2002, 2003. I have a hat of his from the 03 season, the 2003 season. And Jimmy's my guy. Love him okay. to death. I, 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 in my mind, I said, I, I think he's going to say Jeff Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a, I have a Jeff, Jimmy was Jeff Gordon's uh, teammate. So I have a Jeff Gordon um, fire mm-hmm. suit that I wore for Halloween one year as a kid. Wow. Jeff, Jeff was cool. Everybody loves Jeff. Well, unless you were a Dale Earnhardt uh, senior fan, you didn't love yeah. Jeff. But uh, Jeff, Jeff's a cool guy, but Jimmy is my number one, 100%. And when he retired, it became uh, Denny Hamlin, so it's Denny Hamlin currently. Okay. Yeah, the se- the senior fan, uh, the Earnhardt Senior. <laughs> there was always a, a, something about that with him and Jeff Gordon. Yeah, I got people who were going to the races in the 90s always saying, man, if you weren't an Earnhardt fan, or if you were an Earnhardt fan, you hated Jeff. If you were a Jeff fan, you hated Dale. The fans would go crazy at the races, Jeff versus Dale. So, unfortunately, I missed out on that. But um, yeah. I, I, I understand the rivalry aspect, uh, being from Boston. You know, if you're a New York Yankees fan. Yeah, you know. you're not going to. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. What what happened to his son? What happened with the junior? Junior, junior junior was junior was good for a majority of his career. He retired in twenty eighteen, I think nineteen, mm. fairly recently. All those guys have been retiring in the past couple of years, but now he does. Uh, he's in the broadcast booth for NBC, and he's amazing at it. Like uh, if okay. if a new fan were to just stumble on onto NBC as they're flipping channels, kind of like how I did when I was one years old, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they heard Junior commentating, they'd be like. Hey, this guy's an excitement. I like it. So Junior Junior's definitely been a good ambassador for the sport. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And uh you're getting me up to date because I haven't watched NASCAR in a long time. I watched last time I was watching uh uh some NASCAR racing was when I lived up in Maryland, state mm. of Maryland. So there over there there's a huge, huge fan base up in that state yeah they love they love nascar uh i remember seeing the tony stewart with you uh i think he was a home depot yep i love i loved that car growing up tony yeah. and his home depot car is he still raising or he's done as well nah, he's done as well he's a he's a part owner now of a of one of the race teams okay man all these guys that i i kind of like myself Grew up watching. That's uh, what I'm saying. They're all, they're they're all, all retiring. They're all, they're all retiring. I'm like, what the heck? Those are the OGs. Yep. Those are the guys that, you know, kind of like, well, I don't say build, the, but they they have a really important part of the foundation of NASCAR. They they, they brought a lot of fame and, and done, a lot of, done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Now, the last I saw... There was now there's Toyota in, in NASCAR now, right? Yeah, that that used to be a big no no because it was all American cars. All American, yeah. So I think Toyota came in 
the last year that Tony Stewart actually drove for Joe Gibbs Racing, so 2008, they came in. And even to this day, people are like, they always think the Toyotas are cheating. It's all, it's so funny, like, because you know how Twitter can get. Twitter comments, Facebook comments, mm-hmm. they, you know, people just say whatever. So when Toyota is doing really well, they're always like, oh, NASCAR's cheating for Toyota, or the Toyotas are cheating, or oh, they're, they're just bringing a bunch of ad money. Um, but I, I, I do like that, that, that is a, a war amongst the fans, the manufacturer war, whether you're a fan of Chevy, fan of Ford or fan of Toyota. If somebody is driving a, a make a manufacturer that you don't support mm-hmm. and you don't like them, have at it. Yeah. Up your game then. <laughs> yeah, up, yeah, up your okay. game. Step your game up. You know, a lot of people don't know, but Toyota, the majority of the vehicles are built here in the US. That's that's the funniest thing. And a lot of these American cars are not built here. <laughs> you know, so wait one second. You're you're downing on the on the company that actually providing American people jobs while others are going to Mexico, go to Canada, the parts are all over the place and not even built here. You're taking the the American out of NASCAR, but little do yeah. you know, most of the Toyotas are produced here. They're produced here, <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. I have a Toyota it's, built it's here so in the funny. United States of America. <laughs> you know? So, guess what? I'm gonna support my own. People think, oh no, no, it's not like that. It's not, you know, it's it's. It's everything is just like totally backwards, and you will think you're because you're buying uh, a certain vehicle is going to be built here a certain and way. Or, yeah, yeah, it's not so. So now, now I also see a different because um, see, I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm from the island, and when I was raising up. And learning about a lot of the American history, the culture, NASCAR way, way back in the 70s and 80s had this bad rep of a racism, you know, that's like, well, it's a white boy thing or whatever, or redneck, or they used to call it. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, dang, I didn't know that. So in, in the island, we do have a lot of racings, but it's quarter mile racings, mm-hmm. fast track. And it's the piston versus rotary. Those are the biggest war. Mazda rotary the, and versus pistons. And we'll see some cars go eight seconds or seven seconds, quarter mm-hmm. mile. So a lot of people are into the racing, but the word was spreading out, you know, that it was NASCAR was only a certain amount of group yeah uh, you'll see fans with wearing shirts with confederate flags and all this type of stuff and it just kind of kind of like make me like uh let me steer away from it because i like racing i like cars but i don't know this is not my deck of the woods mm-hmm. now i see it totally different now i see i even see i think a, a I think a Oriental, an Asian driver. Um, not long ago, I, I don't know. I saw an Asian race driver. Mm-hmm. There is. So, there is. Yeah. And on on even on the racing side, um, not on a NASCAR, but I saw it on the on the truck. I don't know what's what's the name of that one. The, the truck one. Yeah, we just, we just call it the truck series. Truck series. Okay. Yeah. 
So I saw um, uh, a black driver, African American mm-hmm. guy, and he was like really, really good. And it was like, well, okay, fine. This is finally it broke through. You know, now this uh, is more you know open. Everybody's getting involved. Fun fun fact about uh, him, real quick. That guy mm-hmm. Raja Karuth is is who you're talking about. He he got his start on iRacing. He got his what? He got his he started his career on iRacing. Oh, that that propelled him to a, a real life ride. The truck driver? Yeah. Oh snap! Look yeah. at that. That's amazing. He started an iRacing. Even, and- even the guy that won the Daytona 500 this year, uh, he started on iRacing. William Byron. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. You know, I was, I was looked up to these these professional racers, and there was one racer that I I truly love. I I don't know if you ever watched that Formula One series in Netflix. I love I love F one. It's love it. They did uh, they do a phenomenal job. But there's one racer. Um, they did a a full documentary on him. I I literally cried at the end, and he's like. The legend, the goat, the Tom freaking Brady of Formula One. Unfortunately, he passed away. It was Arrington Senna. Mm-hmm. Arrington Senna, that's the guy that Lewis Hamilton looks up he to. Looks up to, yeah. He said, that's my favorite. He's the goat. He's the, you know. So <clears throat> um, that guy was like off the hook. He's from Brazil. Mm-hmm. He started off go karts. Yeah, so many people start off their, especially um, in F1, so many people start in go-karts. And it's like, you can go to like a local go-kart track, indoor go-karting track nowadays and kind of just drive it and be like, some of the best people in the world started driving a go-kart like this. So it's, uh, it's, it's just crazy. Nowadays, it takes a lot of money to get into um into racing, but when you when you look at like the the backgrounds of, I guess people who are older in in racing and kind of see their start, it they have a lot of interesting stories. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, they have they have a lot lot of stories how they how they came about and and how they um you know what it took for them, the sacrifices they had to make and to be come to where they're, where they're at right now. Um, it's, it's, it's a uh, mind boggling. I mean, I, I was just like in, in shock. I said, this, this guy was a go-kart racer. Yeah. Not, he's for going and making millions and he's like the best in the world. And now that you mentioned that, the, the, the guy that was I racing and now, Wow, now it's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, are you thinking about yourself like, okay, I'm doing this, but I really, really want to go. I think further. if if I were younger, as in like under 20, and actually if I was in the Coke series from when I was like 15, um, I think I could have tried to apply to the program that Raja did. Um because I, I would have had an interest in being in a real car, but it's it's just so it's so hard to say like what could have happened. Um, 
but there there are definitely some of us who believe that like if we were to step into a real car with and we were given the right amount of time to acclimate to the car uh the g-forces etc uh that we would be able to do better than some people that you see maybe not in the cup series but in in the lower uh nascar series for sure the trucks and the xfinity cars for sure Mm. now man the g4 talking about g4s you you get feedback on your on your uh steering wheel yeah my this this number is not going to mean a lot to you but just know it's a lot so my wheelbase can output 25 newton meters of force so you compare that to like the logitech g27 that i was talking about i think that can only do maybe two newton meters so my wheelbase now is like 12 times stronger than that. So when I'm racing or practicing, it is definitely a workout on my arms. You can wow. you can see, you can look up a Semi-Cube 2 Pro videos on YouTube and just see uh, the amount of force that uh, the wheelbase can output. It's insane. Wow, it's like, like the real thing. Yeah. It's like the Max, real Max Verstappen, uh, who is arguably the best driver in F1 right now, he spends a lot of time uh, sim racing, iRacing in particular. And if you ever watch um, like a clip of him sim racing on YouTube, like the guy is getting a workout in while just uh, sim racing, having fun. But he's a, he's another super competitive person. So like he is, a, he's a top. He's a top sim racer in the world, which is crazy considering like this guy can literally just leave right after um, uh, an F1 qualifying session. He can just be like, yeah, I'm going to hop on iRacing for a bit and go and dominate people who are uh, on iRacing much more than he is. <laughs> wow. Max, Max is crazy, man. I like him. Now, um, I see... There was one on that documentary I tell you about Howard and Senna. He was racing one one um, one event and championship, and he won first place. When he got out of this vehicle, he needed help because his arms were like totally sore. He couldn't even move them. His father came to him uh, to like greet him or hug him. He couldn't even do it because his arms were that sore. <clears throat> Have your arms ever gotten? sore from like always like turning and turning and feeling that g's force after a while it's like man i feel the pain or um not not too not too badly but like i said it's definitely a workout you de- you can definitely feel it after like a long stint uh of driving definitely you get up uh depending on your seating position it may not be the most comfortable in the world so you might feel a little pain in the legs to the lower back, um, but if you're if you crank up the force feedback, you know once you once you're done driving, you put your arms on. You're like, man, my arms feel like I I personally like soreness like after working out. So I'm like, damn, my arms feel good. But then people other people can get out and be like, oh, my shoulders in pain. Hell, I'm not <laughs> driving for like a, a two days after this. Yeah, I bet. Wow. <clears throat> Man, because that with that amount of force feedback, I mean, it's geez. There was um one yoke I was using for flight sim. I it's many years ago, 
And this is back before the new flight simulator came out. This is the, for the FSX. Um, it had feedback in it. I loved it. There's mm-hmm. nothing the same. I tell people, once you get into something that has forced feedback, it's, you would never go back. You can't go back. It feels so freaking real. Yeah, it's like awesome. It's like you feel the turbulence. You feel the, the bumps on the road. Uh, it was just like, it's, uh, it was just crazy. I, I can't even explain it, how, how fun it was. And I loved it. That's like the biggest attraction of iRacing compared to other Sims 2. Um, you have a massive selection of cars and tracks. Mm-hmm. And everything is laser scanned. So I assume literally go the actual car, they'll they'll use their, their laser scanner, laser scan like down to like a millimeter what the car looks like in real life, put it in the in this in the game. Same thing for the track. They could be like the tiniest bump somewhere on a track. And you'll feel it when you're driving over it. It's it's amazing. Oh, they laser scan the the, the tracks, so you can yeah. have the same, same exact whatever whatever the track was on that day that mm-hmm. they that they scanned it. That's exactly how you'll feel it in in the game. Oh, that's gotta be sick. That's good. Now, do you how do you perform in rain? Is it, does it do you feel the difference? I assume we uh we don't have rain yet, but we're getting rain. Literally in like two weeks or something. Okay, so you're driving in in actually in in rain and and um, you feel you could feel like the the slip how it slips and how it. Uh, yes, yeah, so only car- my only experience with driving in rain was on like F one games by Codemasters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was pretty. It was a pretty different experience from driving in the dry. So I can't wait for. I, literally, so many people are going to be on i racing in two weeks when they drop rain when they release rain, and there are going to be a lot of crashes because people are. I don't think people really know how much less grip or how much more difficult it is to drive in the rain compared to the dry. And I, I'd be one of those people, but I am excited to find out. That's crazy. Now, how many times you? I mean, you go to the to the pit stop quite a bit. I assume. Mm-hmm. Do you go more on a pit stop? Well, you're saying this is the first time you guys are doing rain. Because I assume like the the tires doesn't wear as much due to the is wet and it doesn't heat up as fast. Yeah. But so I mean, the, the tires get sticky on the road, but. Man, I always, I always wondered, I always wondered that. See, if it's raining, so now you have, you don't have to go to the pit stop as much. Does that make a difference, or is it still the same? Um, when it's usually in wet weather races, you you can definitely stay out on a set of tires a lot longer. Uh, but the strategy in those types of races, unless you know it's gonna be, it's gonna rain like literally the entire day in real life, for example. Uh, you just, you kind of just pit whenever the tires start to overheat. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, if the conditions are changing, whether it's going from dry to wet or wet to dry, the timing of your pit stop is so key because if you, if you're on dry tires and you wait too long, 
like the track is starting to get too damp for the tires, you're literally just not going to have any grip. You're and you're probably going to spin out. Um, um, in the reverse, if you're on wet tires and the track is drying up, your tires are going to overheat like ASAP, and you'll just lose grip and you'll lose time that way. So the the timing of the pit stops uh is is very key in in a dynamic weather situation. Mm. Now the the pit stop uh, are they is the amount of time the same as like they do in real life? It's like you come in, they they change those tires, they do everything. Um, right now on the NASCAR side, I think we're a couple seconds slower, but that's just because iRacing hasn't updated the uh pit stop model yet, like the crew animations. But okay. up until up until this new generation of car that NASCAR is using right now, it was. The range that your pit stop could be was the same range that you would see on an average pit stop in real life. Yeah, on an average, okay, okay. So those guys are they're freaking fast. They're fast. They're fast. Now I saw Formula One. They they did a comparison NASCAR versus Formula One pit stop, and that was uh the F one. They they go real fast. They are two two seconds, man. Everybody's in sync, but they're changing all four tires at the same time, which I guess could make it even harder, right? And more yeah. more costly, a mistake more costly because one one slow tire and uh there's a second plus gone. Yes, like two se- yes. It's like what the heck? How do you just <laughs> did that in two set one, two? Done. Done. Woo, take it out. Jeez. Now are in the game. While you're racing, are you prone to engine failure? Is that part of the game as well, or no? No. Um, no? No, we don't have random events like that. Okay. That's crazy. Because usually, like, in, in Flight Simulator, there is a um, there's a mode that, you know, they put a realism, and it has... Um, engine failure and you know whatever so when you're flying all of a sudden your right engine something's going on and yeah so that that feature is in that uh nascar racing 2003 season mm-hmm. game but i think since iRacing is paid people would complain a lot if something random like that was to happen to them oh okay you're just driving and then like your um engine fails or your gearbox fails but i i guess the only types of failures that we do have are tire failures, but that is setup and driver induced. So if you're if you're too aggressive with your with your driving style, um, you can blow a right front or right rear, left front, left rear. Wow! Now you're di- you're out of the game. Something that happens. Uh, if you crash after it, for sure. Uh, other otherwise, you'll get um, what we call a meatball flag which is a penalty flag, and you need to uh, make a pit stop and change your tires. Mm. Jeez. That's going to be crazy, having an uh, engine... Uh, I mean, having something like that, a crash in a game. I mean, you get a lot of people who hate you afterwards. You son of a... I was about to get fourth place, got about to get fifth place, and crashed into you or something. So that's got to be kind of wild. Those crashes, uh, if, if they're like, 
I assume they're pretty much realistic how it looks. I mean, cars flipping around and yeah. stuff like that. I, yeah, Irisons, it's uh, they've done a good job. Okay, so when is your next when is your next tour, uh, tournament? Uh, our next race is. Uh, I should know this off head, but I don't. Uh, March twelfth. Yeah, 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 March twelfth. And that will um, be online, or is that going to be online? Be shown online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Where did they so, put it up on YouTube, right, or or on Twitch? They stream it on YouTube on Twitch. If you go to enascar.com slash live, uh, there are links there. Um, so we usually race like every other Tuesday. Um, the co- the pre race coverage starts at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. The race itself starts at eight, and yeah, you watch along on YouTube, on Twitch, enascar.com slash live. And uh, some drivers stream their POVs. I would do that if I had a second PC, but I don't have a second PC to do that. And I'm not going to... We have enough stuff open already on, on our main PCs. Like, my my the PC I have right now is top of the line, but I'm not going to chance anything happening because I decided to just stream. But... um. When you say tough, I mean you got like you got like a really powerful graphics card. You got a forty ninety. Yeah. No, nah, I got a thirty eighty Ti with a thirteen seven hundred K. Oh, that's that's plenty of good. Yeah, <laughs> thirty eighty Ti. I got a thirty seventy Ti, but thirty T uh, thirty eighty Ti. That's practically a thirty ninety. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so, really good. So it's, it's no slouch, but I'm not gonna stream. Without a second PC, so yeah, you need you can most definitely need a second PC. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's wild, man. That's that's freaking crazy how uh, how these builds are and, and everything, and the pedals and the steering wheel, getting the feedback, all this stuff. I mean, this is freaking fun. I see it, people sitting so down, fun. and what I uh, you know what I also saw that. They put these things underneath the seats, and it makes you when you turn left, you get that it, it inclines oh, left. Even motion, right. yeah, yes. See, the people that are are instant racing to enjoy it as a hobby, um, those those that's who motion is made for. Someone like me, though, who's in the competitive scene, mm-hmm. there's no way, there's no way I'm putting motion on my rig. No way. <laughs> I'd be so inconsistent, man. It's, yeah, no, but I, I have been in a motion rig, and it is it is actually really cool to uh to experience that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's neat. That's neat. I want now the one you went to are the, uh, that's the one that like the pros professionals using like NASCAR drivers. They 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 have their own sims. Um, I haven't been to the, this this one that I used this motion sim was actually at iRacing's HQ, mm. which I live uh close to because they're based in massachusetts um so i used the motion rig there and i highly doubt it was on the level of like a professional team's actual simulator but that is something else that i do want to experience one day is uh is an actual team's racing sim just to know how that's like i do the the thing that the thing that intrigues me about that is that their drivers get to use it so that means I get to compare myself to them in their own uh, simulator. That's and I crazy. think that's pretty yeah. cool. That'd be really cool. I think that I think that's something that uh, you would want to do one of these days. Uh, 
see how that feels and how how it raises yeah you know how how it goes now any any pro like real life pro like jeff gordon or any of these guys ever gone to one of uh the major events on for iRacing yeah so dale earnhardt jr is a huge ambassador for iRacing uh he's very he has a team in the series he's heavily invested in the series and He's part. I think he's part of the broadcast team for the final race. I'm not sure. If not, he's there to do the trophy presentation with the with the champion. Um, oh, that'd be freaking awesome. Yeah, we have uh, we have one guy who races in the series currently that also races in the trucks in real life, Kaden mm-hmm. Honeycutt. So, yeah, I, 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 the people that are in this series, I think could definitely, if given the chance, could definitely do well, better than expected um, in in a real-life car. That's amazing. So I, I, I know you can, man. If you dedicate so many years into it, uh, I know you can, but I know you're telling me, you tell me about your age and and all this stuff that kind of like sucks. I mean, you're still young. No, I'm young, but the the avenues to get in to to NASCAR are not as open as they would be if I were younger. Jeez, man, they want you really young in there. Yeah, they want you. Really, it's funny really though young. because like literally 15 years ago, right? Rookies would be like in their late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Now it is rookies are young really young they want to so, get um, them like young so they could just like start racing at an early age and and perform if they do good they they know they got a they got a champion on their on their team and they just keep them for many many years yeah that's crazy now how did how do you came out how do you came about the uh joining oxygen how how did that happen um every year Every all the drivers in the series become free agents essentially, and mm-hmm. so that means you're literally free to sign with any team that you want. And Adam Morrison from Oxygen DM'd me on Twitter and said he'd be interested in in talking to me about free agency. So I so I did some digging and I found out he uh, is the head of Oxygen Esports. Welcome to Oxygen Esports. I was like, oh. These guys are based in Patriot Place. I'm like, I'm there every weekend, man. Every other weekend in the Patriots play. And then I found out that they own the Boston Breach as well. So I was like, oh, this is local to me. <laughs> so then from that point, I was like, I I want I'm oxygen. In. I only want oxygen. <laughs> I was like, Adam, just whatever team talks to me, I'm telling them to hold off because I'm just waiting on what Adam says. And yeah. then he came to me with an offer. and. Uh, you know, we shook on it and I am so excited because number one, that they're new into the series mm-hmm. and number two, they're, they, they're bringing so much energy to, to my teammate, Zach and I, uh, they, they, they literally don't know anything about this series mm-hmm. and that's not even a negative thing because they're, they're so open to learning and yeah. they're so, like I said, they're just so positive about everything and they want to be. They want to play a huge role in Zach and I's, um, I guess, like career. Mm-hmm. But, and for me personally, that is actually for 
for us, that's a huge change of pace in the series because I've been on teams where after they sign you, you know, you talk for maybe like a week after that, and then it's like you don't hear from them again to the end of the season. That's like, okay, well, all you did was give me my money, nothing else. Yeah. Um, but doctors and guys are not like that at all, and and I love it. I, I love the work that they've been doing on social media. They've done uh, extra stuff with Zach and I. We're doing a giveaway right now um, that'll be drawn on March 6th. Uh, it's I love it. I, I've been trying to uh, get with him, with Adam, because I want to bring him onto the show. Um, I, I brought other CEOs uh, to the show, and I, I just want, I, I really, really can't wait to have him on. All I hear is really good things about him. And um, I know he's very busy, so. Yeah. Adam he's is like he's, guy. Yeah, he's very very busy. Usually the CEOs are very busy. I got the M80 owner of M80 uh, to come on. I don't think M80 is on on iRacing. No, they are. Oh, they are. Yeah. M80. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's good to know. I'm gonna have to reach out to the those uh, those boys at uh, iRacing and and uh, probably bring them over as well to interview them. I had the coach for uh, Oxygen, Redeemer. He was on my show. Phenomenal guy. Phenomenal guy. Uh, yeah, I he's haven't a, met him yet, but very, yeah. very nice guy. You're gonna, you're gonna like him if you ever get to meet him. Really, really cool. He's the coach for the for the Rainbow Six Siege. So he does tons and tons of work for Oxygen. He's a really good guy. Phenomenal person. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm really happy to to see um that this iRacing is picking up and I was really excited for this podcast this episode to to talk about it because it's something that is not as popular as Call of Duty, Fortnite, mm-hmm. you hardly hear it and now um that you came along and you talk about it, uh, it just makes me more interested in into this game. And I'm going to really check it out. I'm going to really check it out. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in because I love racing. I, I love it. I like it. I love yeah. flying. I love racing. I love first person shooter. I like sci-fi. I like uh, Star Citizen. You know, I got friends all over <laughs> the 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 esports. The e-sports scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I I I, com- I completely love it. So. Um, this is a uh, really, really cool. It's really cool. Now, I know time is a is of essence, and I know you got things to do, and I'm and I'm uh, uh short on time on this one. So I always give everybody a little bit of time, uh, I mean to to tell where they can find you, your social medias, your platform. Tell the fans around the world. Because we got people listening to this uh, this show, uh, this podcast from I'm all I'm I just found out I'm in Japan, Sweden, mm-hmm. Romania. I'm like, what the heck? I got people listening to me from there, Greece, We're worldwide, baby. It's worldwide, yeah. <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you, where they could. I mean, the platform is yours. Yeah, um, I'd say I'm most active on Twitter. Well, I guess x.com uh, slash Femi Olat underscore. 
That is F-E-M-I-O-L-A-T underscore. Um, you can follow me on Instagram if you want. I'm, I'm private, but I'll accept it. Um, that is Femio with three I's and one O. So F-E-M-I-I-I-O. Or maybe it's three I's and one O. Or three O's and one I. Either way, if you type in my name, you'll probably you'll find me. Um, and then you can follow Oxygen Esports on on X at OXG underscore esports. Same thing for iRacing at iRacing. Um, eNASCAR is at eNASCARGG. And uh, you know, you're trying to build up a community here, and you know, we're like uh, we're we're worldwide. So just come join the community and uh I'm definitely uh, a fan favorite for sure. So you'll enjoy following me. He's a really nice guy, very <laughs> humble. And I uh wanna thank you so much for for uh accepting the the opportunity to come on to the show and I, I truly appreciate it. This is a true honor. Uh, I know it's not gonna be the first nor the last time. I wanna bring you in afterwards and uh I'll make sure I'll tweet this out and so everybody get to see your your page and everything and they can get to get to check you out and check your episode, okay? Brother, Femi, God bless you, man. Thank you so much. God bless you too, man. It, Thanks it was for bringing fun. me on. I learned so much, man. I trust me, I learned so much. <laughs> this was awesome. This was actually really, really awesome. Okay. Okie doke. Okay, guys. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Take care till next time. Thank you. God bless you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dr. VTAC show and don't forget to click follow.